everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the UGASports.com Sunday Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by my co-host, as always, Ben Choppy Bachman. And after a week hiatus, my man Jason Butt has returned to the throne. We appreciate Dane Young filling in for him last week. Uh, we're going to have Jason back for the long haul, though, and uh, sure glad he's back. We've got I titled this YouTube video slash podcast, guys a potluck of UGA football because there's a lot to talk about, but not a ton of context behind each one. So we're going to go through these guys and, you know, it it could be a fun show. It could be terrible. Most likely it's going to be fun though, uh, because you got us three here. If you're a first timer or if you're a long time listener and you're over there on YouTube, make sure you drop in where you're watching us from. We'll put it up on the screen. And as always guys, if you want to join the show, The link is in the description, or if you've got an amazing question, go ahead and put it into the comments. We'll make sure it gets onto the show because you guys make the show go. I already see some folks in here, Foster Moss, Frank DiCarlo watching us from Evans. Uh, We got Tomahawk Dog, and then Francisco says, oh, yeah, a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, Francisco. I don't know if we've got a ton of context behind it, but we're going to try. Andy Stowe's here. What's going on? And uh, Foster said, I almost left. That was a Bama hat. No, George, uh, this is a uh, Braves hat here. Foster, tough loss for him today, but uh, they'll bounce back. Jack White, Washington, Denver, Colorado, the Mile High City. They, uh, they playing the game tonight? Basketball finals? Oh, no, that's tomorrow. Oh, aren't well, they doing it? They're trying to space it out. Are they they're, doing space, like they're spacing that out like crazy. Uh, they're but, trying to milk it because I think ESPN doesn't have like, yeah. content to talk about. So. Well, guys, we have some cool topics here, and the first topic I want to bring to y'all's attention, and also, wait, wait, to- whoa, 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 this is unusual. You always are asking us how was the weekend, how oh, was true. everybody? True, my bad. Because you know, like, Paul seemed like you had a good weekend before we yeah. went on. He was making like baby faces and whatnot. He was trying to, you know, get into That's the dad bad. mode. That's what he's trying to do now. He's acting all just silly. That's my bad. So, so, so how was the weekend for you guys? Yeah, my, my weekend was decent. Uh, took care of the baby. Went to went on a big Costco run uh, yesterday. Want to take a guess at the uh, the price tag on the Costco run? Sixteen items. Sixteen items to give you an idea. Sounds like two seventy five, maybe. You you're you are a mind reader, brother. Two eighty with tax. Yeah. Oh no, Costco. I've, I've you know one down the street from me, and we frequent there all the time. Yeah. Wow. That's you're pretty good at that, Jason. Mm-hmm. Uh, Throw it over to you, Jason. How about the uh, weekend for you, my brother? This has been uh, uh, pretty relaxing. Uh, my dog, my my lab, Lucy, tore the equivalent of a dog's ACL. So oh, I've, I've been, been there. Been, I've been there. I've just been watching after her. And this was a week after my wife and I were in Cancun. So um, oh. a lot going on then. Not a lot except for babying this little dog. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, yeah, just uh, – I'm watching the RBC Canadian Open too. That's been kind of uh, where my attention's been. Tomahawk Dog says you're such you're on you're on such a good roll here. You can you guess his weight uh, just from his comment? No, I'm going no. two ten. Tomahawk. No, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm abstaining. <laughs> ben, what was the weekend like for you up there, brother? Oh, I went to the the best ballpark as Jason can attest to. I was at Camden Yards and obviously oh, yeah. hit it to Utah Street, set a record. It's on inside out. Gunnar Henderson today, just mm. the future. He's, he's going to be better than Austin Riley. You know that, Paul. Me and you have talked about this. Wow. So, you know, just just watching him, you know, tear up the baseball. Wow. Uh, 
Francisco says he wants to make sure he can catch the live feed. Please remind us when we can enjoy. Guys, we're on every Sunday at 7.30. When the season starts, we change over to the post-game overreaction show, the POS show. That's after every Georgia football game. I see Eddie from Ackworth here. Eddie, what's going on, my man? You're in the – do a little workout today? What do you – you have rings? <laughs> Where'd you get those? Are those player rings? Who did you buy those from? Eddie, put them both on your ring finger, buddy. Was this? Who there we go. Them? There we go. What player did you bribe to get his championship rings from? Well, that, that one says Stetson Bennett, but I didn't get it from him. But isn't that cool? That's thirteen. You can see that right there. Uh, I don't know. A buddy of mine, you know, got these from our boys over in China, as somebody would say. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I don't know the background. <laughs> I, I don't care. But they're heavy. They're it's two rings. Uh, they say Georgia on them, and they have the scores. So I win. How about that? Did you? <laughs> yo, the the, the best ring that I saw them get. Uh, Frank DeCarlo says Etsy coming in hot. I love it. <laughs> um, the best <laughs> ring I saw was the Ohio State Georgia ring. That black ring with like the red diamonds in it. I think that was yeah. my, that was my favorite. Yes, one. and that just happened to be for yeah, the semi incredible. You know. Uh, Foster Moss and, says uh, and, Eddie got those off the dark web. <laughs> yeah, Antoine, and this this is tight. a replica. But this is a replica, of course, of the Braves that a lot of people got. But my son works for the Braves, and he actually got a ring, so he he's got a genuine Braves oh, wow. ring, which is That's really cool. That's pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. Eddie, I've got some cool topics. There's that, a picture um, of him right there. Oh, what nice. does he do? What does he do? Pretty cool, huh? Um, well, right now, Paul, it's a really tough job. He gets paid like $12 an hour. And he stands in front of the suites uh, behind home plate and makes sure people have their seats, and he watches the game and gets paid. It's a pretty so what sweet you're deal. telling me is I can, I can buy a dollar ticket up in the 400 seats and tell him, hey, your dad's Eddie from Ackworth. Let me in. You, you can absolutely do that. Text me first, and I'll hook you up, Paul. Boom. There we Learn go. From me. There we go. Yep. Uh, Same so, for you other two. I know Ben. I know Ben, ben won't do that because he doesn't like the Braves. But the rest of you guys can do it, right? Yeah. Ben, ben wouldn't be seen dead inside Truist Park. Oh, I hate the Braves or like the Braves. So I'm like, I'm neutral. I'm not a. And you hate on them all the time. No, I just hate on you, Paul. True. True. Eddie, I had a cool viewer hit me up with some <laughs> ideas uh, for the show tonight, and I want to run through them. Best. Uh, let me let me go back. Let me go back to my. Hold on. Biggest play last season, without it, Georgia does not go back-to-back. Jason, I'll start with you. So, I think uh, there's there were a handful of plays in the Ohio State game, Peach Bowl, that I think a lot of y'all will, 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 will talk about. But honestly, I want to I go with, uh, in, in a game that finished, what, 50-30, to 30, Chris Smith changed the momentum, changed the direction – the complexity of the SEC championship game. And so I think his heads-up play uh, against LSU on the block field goal where he was able to take that back, completely flip the tie. Because as you all know, in the second half, LSU got hot and they started scoring points. But George was able to use that play, and they were ultimately able to build a nice little cushion there in the first half. And without Chris Smith doing that in what was kind of the danger zone uh, uh, for Georgia at that moment, um, that was able to make sure that they could solidify that SEC championship, which 
then catapulted them. You know, without the SEC championship, uh, you don't know what what could have happened in the playoff from there. So I'm, I'm going to start there and say without without that, uh, you know, without without that play, they don't go back to back. You know what? I think only Malachi Starks and Gary Danielson knew that that was a live ball too. Yeah, I was sitting. Those I was are the sitting only players in, that reacted to that. Yeah, I was sitting in the press box and I was like, "He's about to run!" Oh my god, he's running that back. And you, I don't know if you could see it on TV as well as you could at the stadium, but all of LSU players were a good 20, 30 yards away. Like they had run off. Yeah, and then they started chasing them after. They had um, their backs turned to the play. They yeah. were walking off the field. Yeah, and. I think I remember, yes, Chris Smith got interviewed after that, and they were like, how did you know to run with it? And if I'm not mistaken, and I, I could be – I know that this happened. I don't know if – I think it was a referee. He looked over at the referee and said, can I pick it up? And the referee said yes. And so he picked it up and just hauled ass to the end zone. I guess the referee maybe made some eye contact, like, hey, I'm this place still alive type thing. I'm still here. <laughs> and Chris Smith, with his awareness, was like, well, why is he still here? All right can I pick this up? And he ran with it. So that's a good one. I like that one. Uh, Choppy, what you got? Time that out. is a good one. Really good. It, it's and what time timeout out. are you referring to? Well, I'm talking about in the, Ohio, in the Ohio State game when Kirby made the timeout or else Ohio State basically at that point could run out the clock. I mean, if they, they have the ball at least at midfield, they get one more score, they win. Ohio State wins. Georgia doesn't have enough time to win. So that might be the most – I mean, there's probably other ones in sports – but in recent memory, it's the biggest timeout call in recent memory in all sports, not just. That was the first down. That was the first down. Yeah. That was the first down, Ben. It's a great call. He doesn't make that. And I'm just amazed that he saw the adjustment or somebody, whether it was Kirby or someone Mm -hmm. who was in his mic piece, who said something's messed up here. Something looked weird, and they were able just to call that out. And they saw in real time. He got that thing. He got that timeout right before the snap. So I know some people are going to be like, oh, they're going to give him the benefit out. No, he was like split like second or two before that ball was snapped. He was calling the timeout, which was just insane to me. I haven't seen anything like that. Eddie, I'm going to, I'm going to take mine because it might be yours. Brock Bowers. Oh, I hope not. Brock Bowers. Nope, that's not doing mine. Some yoga. It's not yours? Brock Bowers doing some <laughs> yoga against Ohio State when, man, mm-hmm. and I again, I have yeah. a, a goldfish memory, but – if I'm not mistaking, he would. They they called him short, and they reviewed it. Incredible! And had it not been such a big game, I don't think you have a camera there to overturn that because they had cameras everywhere for this game. That that shot that they had, you're only getting that because there's five hundred thousand cameras there for the playoff game, and the I know it upset the media because Kirby had them when the media could come do availability, he had them doing yoga as a team. And the media was like, are you serious? You know, like what, what is this? You know, this is some type of, you know, Kirby smart thing. And then for Brock Bowers to hold himself up on one hand to get a first down, basically because of the stretching and ability that they've been working on the whole season uh, was pretty funny. It was pretty ironic that that yoga actually came into play there. Was that was refresh my memory? Was that a third down play and became a we fourth down? Think. I think it was a fourth, fourth down. down. Fourth. That's what I can't remember. It was a fourth <laughs> down play. I can't yeah. remember. Hamilton said uh, Brock did the Michael Jordan arm stretch in Space Jam. Exactly what it was. Yeah, 
It's exactly what so it we was. We turn the ball over if he doesn't get the first. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's right. the turnover right. if he doesn't yeah. get it. And I yeah. think they called it they called it a turnover on the field, and then they reviewed it. Uh, mm-hmm. And Jordan okay. went on to score there because they were down. Man, I wish I could go back and actually pull it up. I want to say they were down eleven or something like that, and they had to get this play, and they luckily did. I mean, it was within inches. That whole game was within inches. So there's a lot of plays in that one. Eddie, what's your uh, what's your play? If, if that's, so, if, I think we had three good plays here. So if those, yeah, if your play isn't that phenomenal, one, okay. phenomenal, phenomenal, great calls, all of them. I'm not going to argue with any of them. <laughs> I'm going to go back to the regular season though. Now I know we probably end up winning the rest of our games, but you never know when you lose a game mid-season what happens. I'm going to go back to the Missouri game, and the running back breaks free and is going to score, and Malachi yeah. Stark somehow runs him down tackles him on the two and we hold them out of the end zone and we win that game by four. I think that was the biggest play of the year because you could say, well, we may win it anyway. You never know if they go in and score a touchdown there or he walks into the end zone, we may never recover from that. And that's a loss. Who knows what that leads to that. And the fact that, because we talked about this before we got on the show, Eddie uh, and Jason was like, you know, they probably still make the SEC championship. So does that really matter? This team could have kind of spiraled after that. Some guys could have checked out. You lose to Missouri, you never know. Right. Um, so Andy Stowe's on there with you. Malachi starts versus Mizzou. Uh, this one, this wasn't a uh, – this didn't matter to go back-to-back. This probably was the best play of the year. Antoine Simpson saying Brock's tip drill versus UF. That was incredible. There's like six tips in the air and he catches that thing and then just hauls ass to get away from the defender. Yeah. With all the quarterbacks <laughs> stand on the sidelines. So back on the sideline. Yeah. That was that was a yeah. crazy play. That's that's probably oh, my yeah. favorite play of the year. Didn't matter oh, yeah. much. Georgia yeah. was because gonna of, win. Because of who it was against. Because of who it happened yeah. against. Yeah. Anything Brock Bowers was probably the best play. I mean, the jet sweep for a 75-yard touchdown, like the first yeah. play of the game. Like, dude, he's just a highlight reel. He's like, the most fun player I've watched. This is why, in, this is why I love Andy Stowe. He looked it yeah. up for me. The Brock play was with 12-10 left, and UGA was down 14. That play was huge. Yeah. It was such a big play. Uh, Frank DiCarlo says play of the year is the missed field goal by the OSU yeah. kicker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously you don't go to the, the finals with that. But, Ben, you, you, we talked about this before the show. You had a little gripe with that, Ben. Well, I had it because if he made it, that would have been as long. And it's not like it's, it's like he he missed the field goal. Like, let's be real here. Would he have had to make that field goal if it wasn't for the timeout? Or would the team, like Eddie said, would they be even playing Ohio State? Would they be playing somebody different if they lose to Mizzou? Like, so I kind of look at it from the realm of, yeah, the kicker missed a field goal, but that would have been like the biggest, like hardest kick he would have ever made in his Ohio State career to that point. So, like, there's a lot of kickers in college who can't hit 50-yard field goals. He never made one from 50 before. So, I kind of had a gripe with that because it was just a missed kick. So Yeah, I, w- I would say something. The three Georgia plays- also missed a field goal in that game. Yeah, yeah. the three plays prior to that where he got the first down, right, and we're all like, oh, my God, the game is over. And they didn't gain a single foot after that, and he had to kick it from that exact spot. Right, we stopped him three in a row, and he had to kick it from there. They yeah. get two more yards. He probably makes that field goal. I think even if he doesn't shank it, though, I forgot who jumped up in the air. Somebody jumped up in yeah. the air, twenty feet. I think it still gets blocked. Um, Do you see the dog father's comment, Paul? Doc, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, 
we've got a lot of people talking about the punt against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Well, that was maybe, and this is this might sound crazy, but that might have been my top play. Just when you're just talking about plays, right? Yeah, yeah, We're top of players. the year. That play, I mean, that was insane. Uh, I've, I've never seen a punt in, in college, especially. Maybe somebody has. I mean, I'm not going to say it's never happened, but to to travel that distance to get that kind of roll to then just sneak out at the one yard line or whatever it was, that the way it did, that was one of the most uh, just spectacular feats of sport that I've I've ever seen. Uh, take place and uh, I remember um, I messaged uh, was it no and I think Cam Cam Nislet got uh, uh, he got shouted out in that game by um, uh, by what's I'm blanking on the 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 announcer's name but I, I remember messaging him and pretty sure we brought that play up I mean that, that punt was ridiculous and it was just like how in the world did that happen I mean Thorson incredible leg and um you hope that's a sign of things to come, especially when George Zindo's pressure situations where they need to flip the field. And Paul, I've, I've, I've flipped is my that, is that, the, is that the greatest? Go ahead, Eddie. Is, is that the greatest, is that the greatest punt in the history of college football? And, and I don't think that's crazy to ask that question. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the greatest punt I've ever seen. It's, at the, it's a perfect punt. Yeah. I just looked it up 75 yards. Rolled out the one. I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if you can have a better punt than that. It's a perfect punt. I've never seen a perfect punt like that. Right. It, it, I mean, it, it traveled. Yeah, it felt like it traveled. It, it, yeah, it rolled out. Yeah. yeah. But it, it felt like, distance. Yeah, it felt like it traveled 60 plus in the air. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I we'd have to go look it up. It did. But like, it did. But then it hit at that angle and, and cut yeah. to the one. And the player didn't knock it out. I don't remember who the player was. He didn't knock it out. The ball was already out it at just, the one. Yeah, it just rolled out. Yeah. Uh, Foster and uh, and then that Hilton. set up what we know happened after that, Jalen Carter. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. There was something different in that game. Like uh, according to Tennessee fans, the rain. If it wasn't for the rain, they they would have won. Yeah, according according to oh, Tennessee that's fans. Right. Yeah, the dog father says uh, <laughs> rain in Good Athens. Point, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if Hooker had four chances for big plays, and he overthrew all four. Paul, in all seriousness, that is the one fan base that would probably believe that. Like honestly, yeah. <laughs> I've said this before. People can hate on a lot of these fan bases. 100%. They're by far the dunk. Like they're the one fan base above the rest. It's just so stupid. I, yeah, I, they, I think I've told you I have this gripe. Like I'm not going to bash other fan bases on here. Tennessee's the exception, just because they are so dumb with some of their comments. I, I just, I just have to say that. I had a buddy that was at that game. Uh, he has season tickets, and he's been to a lot of games. And we we went to school there. We were there for – we were in school. It was my senior year, uh, 2013, UGA LSU. That's the loudest I've ever heard the stadium. Uh, he said when Serene came down against UT, he said that stadium was unbelievably loud. Like it, the, the rain just helped boost everything inside the stadium. Uh, Darius Smith was the guy who jumped up there. I should have known that because his dad watches the show. He's the guy that jumped up yeah. against Ohio State there. Um, I appreciate the assist on that, Foster and Antoine and Frank. Let's see here. I feel like we had another comment. Uh, no, I think I'm. I think we're good. Uh, oh, Nylon Green's speed to get down there on that uh, was also crazy. It was Nylon, yeah. 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 Another comment from a, uh, a cool guy that helped me with some ideas for tonight's show. Uh, what? A, let's talk about this Ryan Puglisi kid from Connecticut. 
had his official visit this weekend, Ben. And uh, right. how how is he? He's not he's not going away from this competition. He's not. No, he's, he's got he's stones. Not, he's not wavering. And when was the last time Georgia brought in two quarterbacks, Ben, with one of them obviously being so highly rated? Murray and Mettenberger. But one of them transferred pretty fast after that. Yeah, but he wasn't going to transfer, if you remember the story. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> he, he wasn't leaving, but he had mm-hmm. to. He kind of got forced out. Yeah. But, Ben, I, we, we haven't seen this in a long time. So what is this? Well, I think that says a lot about Puglisi. Like, if you tell me I'm committed to Georgia and then they get the number one player in the country, Dylan Rayola, who's special, and he goes, you know what? I'm still going here. I love this school. And we're go- like, this is also the mindset, like, I think you kind of have to have. If I'm in the same class as you, we're on equal footing. If this is like Dylan Rayola is the class before, oh, crap. Like, he has a year in the playbook. He's played in college for a year. I haven't. He's going to have the leg up on me for at least two years. It's very likely. If you're going in together, you're at a dead heat. They're not looking at it as you're experienced. We have more trust in you. They have equal trust in both of them. So when I look at it from his point of view, Georgia didn't take a quarterback last year, and you're going in with Dylan. Now, also, Alabama's kind of changed the narrative on this. I could be wrong, but I think they signed Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones in the same year. Both of them, I understand Hurts transferred, but that was because Tua was a year after, and Mac Jones was a year before Tua, and they all ended up getting drafted. So I think with Alabama and some of these schools, they've changed the trajectory. Carson Beck, I saw a stat. Greg McElroy said it. And Carson Beck's recruiting classes, all the quarterbacks who have yet to start a game who are in the top 50 amongst quarterbacks, Carson Beck is the only one still at his school. Wow. So what does that say? Georgia's keeping, is, is keeping their guys, their quarterbacks together and saying, you can be the guy here. And they know if you're the guy at Georgia, you're going to be in the NFL. So that's what I think their sales pitch is. And I think they're finding guys who fit that, who go, I'm going to go in. I'm not scared of people. And I know this is the best chance to get me to the NFL. So I have a lot of respect for Puglisi doing that. Now, that said, he always has the the transfer portal in his back pocket. So if he doesn't beat out Rayola, and if you get two years down the road and and it's pretty clear he's not going to be the guy, he can transfer and play immediately. So it's – it's not like the old days where you didn't have that as an advantage. So uh, I, I think it is great. I love the fact that he's he's saying, okay, I'm just as good as this guy. I'm going to go and I'm going to duke it out. And hey, what if he beats him? Then that, you know, he beats out Rayola. And then it's Rayola who ends up having to think about options down the road. So uh, you can't have enough quarterbacks. We've seen quarterbacks transfer from Georgia. Obviously, there's some, uh, uh, <laughs> some wounds that probably still aren't healed on that front. And so, uh, but, but, but yeah, if, if you can, this, this is a great situation. It's, it's not really Murray and Mettenberger because, you know, uh, Mettenberger ended up leaving and, and he had to sit out a year and all that. And it wasn't his doing, but you know, you can come in, you can compete. If it's clear, you're not the guy you can go. And I, I think that's great uh, for, for everybody in this situation. This uh, I'll pose this to you, uh, Eddie. If this was five years ago and no portal, you st- still see both these quarterbacks coming? Or is this now – because the way I look at it, Eddie, is to Jason's point, you could, you should pick the best school that you have an offer from, go in there and try to win the starting job. And if you don't, then you fall you know, down, downward. You go to 
another P5 school, instead of maybe trying to go to that P5 school and working your way back up, if you have an offer, a committable offer, maybe this is the way to go. And yeah, you, you're not the highest rated guy, but hey, I'm betting on myself. And if I don't win, then I can think about other options. What do you like about it, Eddie? Yeah, well, that's a great point by Andy. It really is. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but it doesn't matter. You know, we are where we are. But I would think from a coaching perspective, Bobo, Smart, et cetera, love this because this is not Rayola's coming in, all this fanfare, and he's going to be the guy. Now he's going to be pushed. Now he's got a real competition on his hands with a guy who wants to compete against him. And it's only going to make, if Raiola wins out, it's going to make him better, right? Because he has to be at the top of his game to keep Polisi from starting. I think it's great. Not yeah. to mention if they are back to back, if they are, you know, first string, second string at some point in, in two to three years, and then whoever's starting gets hurt that year, you, you still have that, um, you know, it, as a program for at least that season. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a great situation all around. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that this kid, but I mean, you go back, you're talking about Matt, when you bring in Matthew Stafford years ago, right? He was the golden boy. He was the, and I'm not knocking Matthew Stafford. Who was pushing Matthew Stafford? I don't even know who, who was, who was pushing him. It was like Anybody? Logan Gray. Logan Gray was the backup. If I remember. Yeah. One thing that one thing to point out, okay. um, <laughs> this 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 coaching staff really it's Kirby. Uh, they don't limit themselves to one quarterback. I mean, if if, if two quarterbacks want to commit, they will. And I remember, uh, I believe it was Jake Fromm's recruitment, and I was still when I was at the Telegraph, and I, I remember, uh, I think it was it was uh, the head coach there at Houston County at the time, Vaughn Lasseter, and I think he said that one thing that stood out about about Kirby was that uh, it was kind of like Alabama. They're going to take multiple quarters. They're going to give offers out. And if two commit, that's great. We'll take two commits. Now, the reason Jake Fromm originally committed to Alabama was because Brian Schottenheimer in 2015 went around, and I think it was Bailey Hockman. That was his guy. That was his they guy. Got, they got a commitment, Oh God. And, and they shut it down. No other quarterbacks were committing. That was it. And so that's a different. That's obviously a different philosophy here, uh, with uh, you know with Kirby and 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 this coaching staff. It's definitely that that Nick Saban style. Hey, we're open to the competition. We're not we're not locking it down on one guy to make that person happy. You know, you're here to you're here to compete, and and nothing's guaranteed and nothing's given to you. You have to earn it. Antoine oh. makes. Hey, get it. real quick, real I'm quick. Sorry, ahead, Antoine Paul. makes an incredible. This is kind of what I'm saying. He says, get two years in the UGA program. You'll be ready for any other team with phenomenal training under your belt. And you could maybe win a ring and be the guy that they talk about. Oh, man, he crushed it on scout team. That's why uh, if I'm Puglisi, I stay with this. And I, I try to ballot. I'm not going to go anywhere and be the starter year one or year two anyway with the way that transfers are happening at big-time programs. You're going to have to wait your turn anyway. So why not wait your turn at Georgia? Go ahead, Ben. I know you had something to say. Oh, no. Well, That's first of all, okay. to your point, Walker Howard, I think his name was, he was a five-star, like top two or three quarterback. He went he went to LSU. Now he's transferring Ole Miss. LSU took another tra- – I mean, Ole Miss took another transfer. They took a transfer the year before who's their starter, who's still their favorite. It's like there's all these quarterback rooms that have two or three dudes, mm-hmm. right? And also the one point I wanted to bring up since you guys brought up Bailey Hockman. <laughs> so uh, I just thought about it. Suppose Georgia stuck with him. Like Kirby comes in, they stick with him. No Jake Fromm. 
And then suppose Justin Fields never transfers out. No Stetson Bennett. Like, it's kind of crazy to think. Yeah. For as much people talk about, oh, Jake Fromm and oh, um, oh, Justin Fields, what happened? I think it turned out pretty good that it wasn't Bailey Hockman. And to be honest with you, Justin Fields is probably a better talent than Stetson. Stetson was perfect fit for Georgia at the time it needed it. And it's kind of crazy how that's how it worked out. Don Fuller says, don't ever mention Schottenheimer again. <laughs> I was I brought him up negatively. I, mean, I love it. Andy Snow, yeah, Joe Cox. Did. I don't know how we forgot. Yeah, yeah. Joe Cox was uh Joe he Cox was was back up, Matthew Stafford, yeah, yeah. Eddie. Nobody Joe, was pushing Stafford. Paul, Paul, this is a quick one. <laughs> Who would you rather have, Schottenheimer or James Coley? Because I think it's pretty close to me. They're both. Ooh, Coley. 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 Yeah. That's, that's that 2019 close. offense that's was horrific. Close. Really? I, I, I would I would bad. take Coley. That 2019 offense is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Coley. I don't – Schottenheimer, everything Schottenheimer touches now just turns terrible. Schottenheimer's and, uh, career is an absolute – I mean – How did he manifest? It's, a, it's so bad because his dad – name. His dad. Yeah. No, but he got He's, it after he got fired from Georgia, which makes – His dad. Bad. It's literally it, – it's a good old boys club. They yeah. all just keep hiring the same people, and he is the one that everywhere he goes, it ends horribly, and he gets fired, and he keeps getting the same job. And it's the same thing that repeats itself. I've never seen anything like it more than with Brian Schottenheimer. It's really remarkable. Apparently, he's like the nicest guy too. So I, I don't want to disparage him as a person, but man, as as a coach, it is quite unbelievable that he's been able to make a career out of it for this long. He's the. I wanted to throw this question out. He's the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they they hired him and it blew my mind. It's. The, the Cowboys are basically positioning themselves for Dan Quinn to be the head coach next year because the defense is going to be fine and the offense will implode and it will be quite wow. – it will be quite an adventure to, to watch wow. everything oh just turn God. to hell in Dallas. Paul, quick question. Would you rather be a Falcons fan or a Cowboys fan? Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. yeah. I don't know with you on that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to anything. Hey, I'm trying to say something in a minute, guys. That is yeah. curse. Is it possible? Is it possible? Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton, Pulisi, and now Raiola. Is it possible that none of those guys transfer? Do you think that's possible? Is there? Yeah. How many years? What's the what's the window? Yeah. How how long? How long a window? Oh, I I, I didn't I didn't think that far. I didn't. I don't know. Are you talking about their whole career? on it. I was just, Paul, you know what would have to happen. Yeah, we'll just say their whole career. Yeah. First, first, rounder, rounder, first rounder, first rounder, first rounder. If they did something like that, yeah. then that's what no. they'd have to do. It'd be like every season they'd have to be a first rounder. That would be – yeah, that's crazy. I mean, Okay, so – so okay, so of the five then, who's the first to transfer? Because you guys just answered my question. Who is it? Oh, that's I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's fair to mention who like to who I you know yeah, I, don't, I don't want to I don't put know. that out there. I think I it all know. depends on how Beck does this year. Because yeah. I think if, yeah. if Beck does well and goes to the NFL, I think it's more likely Gunner. If Beck doesn't, then it's probably Brock is the first to leave. Because you would have to look at the people who are on campus. First. I understand what you're saying, Jason. That's guys. that's a little. Those other two guys aren't yeah. even rolling. But what if but what if Brock? All that all that said, like what if you know what if Brock. I don't know. Yeah, if Brock surpasses Beck, if Beck struggles and they need Brock this year, that that yeah. could, that I could see happening. 
I could see that happening. Oh, but you were the king of the Carson Beck. You said this is a Carson Beck podcast. Paul. Look, we love Carson Beck and we love his grandma. His grandma I, y'all, y'all know what I think. I think he's a Heisman finalist. I put, yeah, gonna Jason's, put money on it. Yeah, Jason. I don't know. Blaine's even Blaine's even higher. Who? I mean, the chat says Blaine is Eddie's son. I mean, Blaine thinks <laughs> that uh, he's a top ten pick next year. If you guys saw that post he had on the vent, so who knows? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I had another great comment from a uh, loyal listener. Said uh, tragedy caused SVP Cedric Van Prangranger to return. Maybe the biggest returning player for Georgia, obviously this year, but during the Kirby Smart era. And it takes me back to obviously Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Bellamy, and Lorenzo Carter all saying all coming back at the same time, which collectively. Uh, I would say that is, but for a single player, Cedric Van Pran Granger, you look at this offensive line. Yes, Blasky probably could play that center position, but Jason has made such a great point on this and, and has harped on this for so long, guys, that the NFL loves to do it where they have a Swiss Army knife as their sixth guy that they can put in anywhere. So that might hurt Blasky starting, but it helps to have him be able to just go in if anybody gets hurt. With Van Pran Granger coming back, you can keep that Swiss Army knife on your sideline and not have to use him as your center, who is another, besides Van Pran Granger, in the Kirby era, a singular player that uh, came back that helped. I mean, I can't get past 2017. And it's and it's that? just it's the duo. It's Nick and Sony. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't get past that with those two guys. I mean, I mean, think about it. Sony was a first a first rounder. Nick was basically a first rounder early. Nick second. Should have been. Yeah, should have been. I mean, he was the, the best overall player. Um, Lorenzo was a third rounder. Davin really never got a shot. Um, I think you know, he, but he was able to stick around for a little bit and uh, make some money. But I mean. But really, Nick and Sony. I mean, th- and it was so smart for them to come back because those guys would have probably been mid-round draft picks if they would have left when they did. And Sony got a first-round deal, and, and Nick is on that that big second contract. That's when you that's when you look at Kirby Smart. And you're like, damn, this guy can recruit because he brought back guys that were not his, and said, hey, just believe in me. Uh, I need you guys to yep. put this program on your back, basically, because without you. You know, we we don't go to the Rose Bowl. We don't do this. We don't do that. I mean, but, Sony and Nick in the Rose Bowl. Sony especially in the Rose Bowl. I mean, yeah. that second half was was just – Fromm didn't have to do much of anything. I mean, they they just uh, – Oklahoma knew what Georgia was doing, and it didn't matter because of those two guys. That was um, the best college game I've ever seen. Or, now, I mean, debate. We have yeah, some it's, it's hard to argue that. I, Ohio State we have some people up, agreeing. It's hard to argue that. There's there's one person though, guys. I'm gonna go Ben first, then Eddie. There is a lot of chatter in the chat right now about Stetson coming back. Mm-hmm. I'll go different. I'll okay. go different than Stetson. Yeah, I'll go different than Chubb and Sony. Give me Jordan Davis. You want to know why? Because going into that year, uh, I had a feeling Eddie was also going to take him. The reason why is going into that year, that's when they won their first championship in 40 years. Yeah. He was the. Who do you think was the heartbeat of that team? I think Jordan Davis was the heartbeat of that team when everyone looked at Georgia. It was him that they looked up to in N'Kobe Dean. Now, N'Kobe Dean obviously was a junior that year, so he didn't return. 
Um, or had that Devontae NFL. came back. Brandon Lawless is helping us yeah. out. Devontae yeah. came back with Jordan too. Yeah, Devontae yeah. too. I yeah. remember the draft that year, the year prior. Mel Kuyper still had him on his board. People thought he was still like in the NFL draft pool, but he came back, which yeah. is kind of funny to think about. But yeah, it was him and Davis set the. I mean, there wasn't a first round defensive lineman taken at Georgia, like a true defensive lineman since David Pollock, which that was close to twenty years prior. Those two then set the standard for probably the best college defense in at least decades, if not of all time, since Miami. Winning them their first yeah. championship in forty years. I think when you take all that into account and the fact that Jordan Davis was the lifeblood of that team, in my opinion, if you want to look at one singular player because of his leadership as well, I think it's him. I like that. Eddie, it sounds like you took your player. Do you have a backup? Yeah, he did. But Jason Jason brings up Sony and, and Chubb, and it's hard to argue with that. But you know what that led us to? A Rose Bowl win, one for the ages, and a crushing defeat. Now, it wasn't their fault, obviously, but a crushing defeat beat in the national championship. What Ben's saying right there is that Jordan called Devontae Wyatt and said, what are we doing here? And Devontae said, Wyatt said, we're running this thing back. And it led to the first championship in 41 years. Those two guys coming back. I, I can't get past that. They led us to the promised land. Are we, I guess, are we not giving, because none of us pick Stetson. Are we not giving Stetson enough credit? Are we thinking that if Stetson, but Stetson didn't have any dra draft hype. Yeah, but I where guess. where was he going? Do you mean yeah. after the first championship or yeah, exactly? Or, yeah, after the first one. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, going. He, he wasn't getting drafted after that championship. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough to put him on this list because he wasn't. And his legacy get... was cemented. Yeah, yeah, and and I had said yeah. I was and, like, and if if we don't go ahead, Eddie, mm -hmm. if we don't go back to back, I'm sorry, if we don't go back to back, does Stetson even get drafted where he did? I don't think he does. I think that propelled he, him, you know, higher than. Than he would have been. Well, what, what like propelled said, Jordan Davis yeah. and Monte Wyatt were kind of set in stone, right? Yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. I was like, what, what propelled Stetson was to finally have an offseason as the number one guy because, mm -hmm. right. you know, the, the past two seasons, he didn't get those reps and he finally got to prove that he was capable of being a uh, power five, division one quarterback who could throw the ball around, put up numbers. Uh, and lead an offense and do all those things that he believed in himself. Because even the year before, it really wasn't until later in the year when, when the coaches started trusting him a, a good bit more. And so um, so that to me, uh, he even said it after when he told Kirby that he wanted to run it back. Uh, you know, he would even said publicly, I think, before – uh, you know, the season, he's like, well, I, I didn't really have any options or the NFL that I'm not getting taken. So yeah. he kind of had to come back if, if he wanted to pursue the NFL. So uh, I guess that's the only reason uh, for, for me, Sony and Nick, the reason also, I'm sticking with Sony and Nick and, and, and Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt. I mean, obviously he, he, I can't argue with that either, but for me, Sony and Nick, that set the tone for Georgia. They came off that first year, eight and five, um, a Liberty bowl win. Um, and if those four guys leave, Ooh. does that, does that Georgia team look the same Ooh, and, no. or is it a slower rebuild than it was right away? And so I think those two guys, yeah. those four guys really, and Sony Nick, especially just really set the foundation, uh, for Georgia to elevate it, to get it over the hump, as Kirby said, when he was first hired and that recruiting job to get those guys to stay, to educate them on where they were probably going to go in the NFL draft, 
why they should come back, what they could also accomplish, what kind of legacy they could leave. It's masterful. Yeah. And this was before NIL. So we started yeah. this conversation. Yeah. We started this conversation off with Cedric Van Pran, right? And we don't, the, mm -hmm. the story hadn't yeah. been written yet. But Jason or Ben, one of you guys chime in on this. How did that kid from New Orleans, was it Newman High School? I may be wrong on the high school, but a New Orleans kid end up at Georgia where LSU is just staring you in the face? How did that come about? Oh, he loved Pittman. So I don't think his – he's one of those – so he went to Warren Easton, I think, high school. Yeah, it was Warren that, Easton, yeah. That okay. high school right, is basically sorry. – sorry. and I know I'm going to have some of the comments blowing up about it. It's basically LSU's Buford for Georgia and Parkview and some of those schools that whenever you – if you were to check the vent in the vault, those schools are basically like enemies of UGA <laughs> to a lot of the fans. That one school is like that to Louisiana. I think he had family and other – um, state. So I think he was open to leaving and he loves Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman also, okay. there's not a better line recruiter. So if anyone's going to go into Louisiana and get him, it's um, it would, it would be Sam Pittman. I don't think he ends up at Georgia if, if Sam didn't have the job up until that point. I know he's still technically signed with Matt Luke, but it was between Pittman and also he just felt like at that time, like Georgia was going to have the best offensive line. I think he was the same year as Broderick Jones and Tate Ratledge. Yes. That class was a pretty good one mm -hmm. offensive line. But yeah, it's it's worth noting that having him back on this offensive line as an anchor, and you don't have to replace that position. It's you know, arguably Georgia, the second most second most uh, important position on offense. I mean, that's Georgia's had a run in centers, had mm -hmm. an absolute run mm -hmm. dating back to uh, what Ben Jones. Every every center they've had since Ben Jones has made it into the NFL. Lamont Galliard underrated. Yeah, so very much so. Yeah, Galliard, he's underrated. Galliard. Trey Hill, Ben Jones, David Andrews. I feel like I'm missing one, but all four of those guys are still in the NFL right Did now. Did Bowling play guard or center? He was guard, but he played yeah, tackle guard. too. But all four of those guys are still in the NFL right now, and Van Pran Granger is going to be the fifth. Yeah. So it, I also think Trey Hill probably would have been better at guard. Yeah, but they had to use him at center. I mean, it's just, it just, I think he came in. He was, the plan was to have him as a guard, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was. It was, dude. He still Trey Young to this day has the biggest legs I've ever seen. They look like redwoods. Trey Hill, yeah, Trey Hill, unbelievable. Yeah, Trey, not Trey Young. Trey Young, <laughs> no, not Trey Young. Did I say Trey Young? <laughs> yeah, you said Trey Young. You said yeah. Trey Hill, Trey Hill. Yeah, no, Trey Young. No, he definitely doesn't. Um, but it, I just remember going to camps and Trey Hill is out there as like a junior, and they're trying to get him to snap the ball, and it's just like kind of hitting his legs. <laughs> it was unbelievable. You're looking at this kid, and I look, I'm standing there next to Roddy, and Roddy's like, This kid's gonna be amazing. Look at his legs. And I'm like, Who is that? He's like, I don't know. You tell me. So I'm going through the <laughs> roster. I'm like, uh, Trey Hill, Houston County. Oh, he's Jake Fromm's guy. Oh, okay. That's how he was known back then. Right. And then his freaking legs, man. Like, I don't know how Georgia got pants to fit him, but but they did. The last question, guys, and again, if you're joining us right now. I named this show, this podcast, this YouTube, whatever you're watching or listening to us from, uh, a potluck of UGA football because we're just bouncing around topics right here. We're throwing we're throwing passes left and right. This is a totally op opposite topic of what we just came from, but we're going to do it because a great listener gave us some good ideas. Uh, said, most impactful freshman next season. Is it too early for that? Are we calling shots right now? If you are... State who you got. 
because I feel like I have one. Uh, Anthony White says, thank you for what you fellas do. We appreciate you for watching, my man. We appreciate you for watching. Um, is it too early? Our first, we don't have to call shots on freshmen because we haven't done, you know, fall camp yet. Or are we trying to put our necks out on the line here a little bit and uh, be the first one to call <laughs> a freshman? Because you could be, you could also be that guy. You could be that guy that says, hey, this guy is going to be him here on June 11th and look like a really big superstar. So where you at, Ben? What you got? There's two. You want me to only say one? No, you can't do two. You can't. Okay. You so always mess these things up. No, you can, I'd like to up. hear them both. I'd yeah, like no, I, I, how about this, Paul? Let's go round table first, and then you can have your second if nobody picks you know, it. I'll tell you, if, if someone takes them, I'll say right. that would have been my second. Okay, okay. I'll go Jordan Hall because I told oh. you this from the beginning, Paul. He was at the All-American game in San Antonio. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. You don't have to tell I me. heard from people from a person there who said that's the best player at the All-American Bowl, and he's the best defensive lineman in the country from that class. You don't have to tell if me. If there's a guy who's a Jalen Carter-like defensive lineman, it's that dude, and he'll be a top-ten pick one day. I'll, Just I'll say that. For, for the folks that uh, don't know who Ben's talking about, you should, but a uh, kid out of Jacksonville, Florida, he skyrocketed in the last Rivals rankings to the 16th national player. Uh, five star on rivals. I mean, you you go look Hello. at he was he wasn't even rated. He was rated uh, two forty one in February's rankings of twenty twenty two, and by the time a year later he was ranked sixteenth. So, Paul, you know who was ranked very similar to that? Jan Carter. He was two hundreds in the beginning of the okay. in the beginning of the spring, then finished inside the top fifteen at the end from the same state. Uh, and to me, athleticism-wise, they're not far off. It's a I'm great pick, Ben. Ben, you're not having to sell me on this. I'm. I, you took my that, pick. But that's that's you're you're my, I'm just trying to say that's my argument. Yeah. Uh, Jason, go ahead. Well, Ben took my pick too. Um, I think that I think that was. I had a feeling that was going to be everybody. It was a matter of who went first. Uh, Jonel Aguero, anybody? Nah, you son of. <laughs> I knew it. I, knew it. Pick. I wasn't going to say that. I know it. So uh, yeah, I mean, Sorry, I got a backup. I got a backup. There's a there's a there's a need there. Getting rave reviews. It sounds like it's kind of. Uh, I'm not comparing him to Malachi Starks, but the situation is there for the taking, and he's uh, he's all the athleticism, instincts, all that good stuff. So uh, I'm gonna roll with him as my guy. Since I can't with Jordan Hall, Eddie, go ahead. All right, mine was just taken, as you know. Yeah. So <laughs> this may be this may be a reach, but I'm going to base it on the health of what we've seen with Kenny McIntosh. You don't know what you're getting with Andrew Paul coming back off that ACL. I'm going to go with Roderick Robinson. It's not a bad pick, Eddie. It's not a bad so because just to remind everybody, this is their freshman season. We're talking about a breakout freshman year. Uh, that's that's not a bad pick. I could see that. There's, there's some things would have to kind of fall into place there. I, I, I just don't see. I, I, yeah, I, I don't see. I don't, I don't see Kenny McIntosh finishing the season healthy. He hasn't done it his whole career. It seems like he's just always had that that injury bug. And then you got Branson there, and I think Branson's going to be the man. But Roderick's going to get some carries. Um, he just is, yeah. and and they already raved about him in spring. So um, he's built a lot like Branson Robinson. 
Andy Stowe from a couple shows ago. I went kicker Rodrigo. Oh yeah, the draft. Fan, just throwing this out there, Peyton Woodring. If you oh, guys don't know, this? he's the kicker. Hmm. He's the kicker, Georgia Broncos. Yeah. It's an I like open that. competition there. Who? That's tough, Andy. Oh man, you just okay. Hmm. Can I? It's now because you guys took you really took the three best. Okay, let's let's not act like you didn't. So can I throw out some names here, and you guys? I'm gonna bounce them off of you. Sure. Okay. Lawson Lucky. I'm thinking maybe Lawson Lucky. I don't know about like and then, instant again, impact. Again, that, wait, so Paul, you're not taking anyone. You're just like. Here's a name. Look, no, I am taking somebody. I'm just bouncing it out there. I'm just throwing crap at the, at the wall. Out out there. Say your name and then we'll bounce out. On okay, you. fine, fine. I'll take Peyton Woodring. I'll take the kicker. I love kickers, man. I'll take the kicker. I took the kicker. He's either he's either going to be the starting kicker or he's not. No, no, there's nobody else on this list that you guys can say is going to be a day one starter. There's not. That's true. That's true. I've got I've got the only guy on this list that could be the day one starter. That's a uh, that's a good problem. Oh, to have. I, I will say this brief comment: I've never seen a head coach in the Power Five who values like kickers and punters on scholarship more than Kirby. It's I like love every it. other year he takes a kicker or a punter, and nobody else. Does it, it, do y'all remember his intro press conference when he said, oh, "I'm not a kicker guy. I'm not going to bring kickers on scholarship." And yeah, like, here he is. He just flipped. I would love for somebody to bring that up to him all these do you years later. The AJC running the piece from Rodrigo's dad. Oh, I was talking to Rodrigo's dad at the time too. He was talking to everybody, yeah. and he, he was so mad that they wouldn't put him on scholarship. And then ever since then, they put kickers on scholarship. They'll have to do what they don't. They don't miss kicks. OSU misses kicks. Alabama misses kicks. It feels like twice a year they have a kicker miss a kick, and they're not on scholarship. You would you rather? And this is what I say every time. Would you rather have a 16th offensive lineman? So a fourth string offensive lineman or a scholarship kicker. I'm taking oh, a scholarship kicker. Scholarship every kicker. If you can get a top every five time. kicker in the country, yeah. I, I think you do it. You put him on scholarship. I'm taking him every single time. Hundred percent. You want Griffin Scroggs or you want Peyton Woodring? Okay. Okay. I'm not. Hey, hey, chill, chill, no. chill, 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 chill. No, I'm. Not, he was. He was. <laughs> he has a. He has a family, Paul. No, I'm not saying that <laughs> in a bad way. Look. All right. I'm going kicker. Here's a couple other names, guys, that I could see. Lawson Lucky. Yes? No? I mean, have you yeah, down, down the road, he's going to be an absolute stud. We just don't know. I think jury's out in terms of what, uh, targets. Do we, do we see him as a freshman, guys? Yes or no? <sighs> Contributor. So not a not breakout. Eddie? What about Pierce Sperling? I mean, is Pierce Sperling in that mix, too, or is it Lawson Lucky? I don't know. I'm asking. I think they both are. Could be either one. Yeah, and, I think so too. Paul Damon Wilson was going to be my number two. I like that. That's a that's a good pick. Because like with pick. Edge, I know everybody loves Chaz Chambliss. Everybody loves Chaz Chambliss. Um, and then Marvin Jones, a lot of people have high hopes for. He's coming off the injury, but Georgia's not just going to play two edge rushers. Well, Jalen Walker, they switched out to outside right. too, but he also can play inside linebacker. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's, a, he's a stud. You got to get him on the field. He, so. He's got that Quay Walker vibe to me. Yeah. Him. So um, I look and I say Damon Wilson. He's probably also one of their top two or three most talented guys they signed. And Georgia rotates. I always say when there's when it comes to the front seven, they rotate. Even though I think an inside linebacker for this year, like I think Raylan Wilson might finish 
up there, but I just don't think he's going to start this year. I don't think he's going to get much playing time. But the year after, he'd be like the easy breakout pick, him and C.J. Allen. But this year, Damon Wilson's going to get a lot of snaps because they're going to rotate guys at edge. They always do. They're not just going to play two guys the whole time. Here's another one, guys. G-Day showed me this guy, Raylan Wilson. I don't think we see him as a freshman, maybe on special teams. Uh, I don't know. He's, he just seems like a ball player and linebacker. I don't see him as a freshman, though. And then the other guy who I was thinking of, we might could see him. I want your opinion. Uh, Jamal Jarrett. I love I love, I love, love his game. Do we see him? Well, he's a nose. But Georgia doesn't really have a nose tackle or did last year. He's as big as Jordan Davis and from the same area. That's kind of, I, I think that's actually a sleeper pick because they just don't have a body type like him on their defense, and now they do. Yeah. That, any way you look at it, I mean, there, we could go down this list. A.J. Harris, I don't see him being a true freshman guy coming in. They just got too many DBs, but he's really good. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this list. Probably next year for A.J. Yeah. I'm curious. Out of all those guys, out of all those guys, I'd push all my chips in on the kicker. I think that's a great call because you, you, he starts. <laughs> I mean, you're you're the winner. And yeah, well, I would have to go. I'd have to throw. I'd have to throw a big assist uh, to my man Andy Stowe because it's he's he's the only one on this list that has a legitimate shot. So it's, yeah. it's Eddie should have been here when we did the draft. At least he should have. He should have. He should have been like the Mel Kuyper. Eddie could have been our our Mel Kuyper. Okay. Okay. Hey. hey. I don't don't have the hair like Mel. I need more hair for Mel, right? Next (laughs) week. Next week, Eddie. Next week. I'm thinking about next week. We'll do – because I know we talked about – we already did the players from the Kirby Smart era. We're going to do – I'm saying this right now to Jason and Ben. uh, We're going to do the coaches next week. And we're only doing five, Ben. We're not going seven rounds, then ten rounds. Well, we can't go ten rounds. I know. We're going five rounds. He has 50 assistants. Yeah. We're going five rounds assistants, Eddie. Most impactful in the Kirby Smart era. Will you be our milk hyper for the show? Has he had 25 assistants? Surely he has. I mean, it's 10. Yeah. He's been here since 16. Yeah. So, like, Kevin Shear would have to be a pick, probably. Like, where are we, like, some people like that. There's Beamer there's would have to be on there. There's definitely 25. But if we put oh, Beamer's number, for sure on there. Yeah. But, yeah. But James Coley might have to be picked. And I do not want He's, to take him. No, I, have have to, to, yeah. I mean, we're going five rounds. You have to take five. You take your yeah. You got to go five. No, you're going you go five, five rounds. We're doing a draft. Yeah, yeah we're doing a draft. Yeah, but oh, I, I if James Coley, if it's like last pick and I have it and he's on there, I'm forfeiting the pick. <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah, yes, I can. Or I'll <laughs> yeah, instantly fire him. My, my wife can call plays better than James Coley can. <laughs> so next week, Eddie, we need you to be our milk hyper. And I need if if a pick's bad, I need you to really gross bin on it because he right. went after me really. The whole board did. Your draft was awful. He he went at me on my draft as on a personal level, Eddie. Um, <laughs> personal, it was it felt personal. Paul, um, you so. posted it on the vent, and everyone had me and Jason as the top two. You know, and what? you were like a far distant third. <laughs> you took Jake from like you took. We said best pure player. You take Fromm and Bennett. You take Hot Rod. No, it wasn't pure doing? player. I don't know where you got the pure. Yeah, this that's was what the we agreed most to. Impactful. This was the most impactful to the Georgia football program. We're, we're, no, we're we did not. We did not make that the, the pick. Well, That's not how we did the, the one, the one that, uh, and I defended him, but the one that does stand out was Michael Hardman. 
Yeah, Miko Harbour is terrible. You picked him and you didn't pick Lad. It was a bad pick. Harbour was the return man. You guys had me doing live. I was doing live graphics. No hate towards Miko, but he's a return man. You had Lad McConkey there. You guys, I mean, had you me even, do- Paul, early on in the thing, you said there's a debate that George Pickens isn't even the best wide receiver in the Kirby era. I said, you have to be kidding me with some of the comments you're making. Look, look. I know you're a father now, but you got to be smarter, bud. <laughs> See Eddie, so I need you next week. You hear him? I need you next week. If he, I don't know. I, I may be in Ben's corner on this thing and, and nailing you. Come on, what I'm hearing here, this is this is going to be rough, Paul. You know what? I'm bringing my A game next week. Um, my assistant coaches. I will have the most facts behind my assistant coaches. I guarantee you that. And guess who makes the draft order? I do, Ben. So have fun in third. Jason, you get second again. I'll get first. Well, I was third last time. You always put me as the last pick. Damn this right, I do. Thing. Damn right. You go, it's by the order who joins the thing, and you automatically are the only person who could start the thing. So I don't, right. I don't know how that's fair. Right. Well, you know, life's not. So, guys, <laughs> we appreciate you so much for joining in on this episode of the UGA Sports Sunday Call-In Show. We had a blast doing uh, potluck of all things UGA football. For Jason Butt, Ben Choppy Bachman, Eddie from Ackworth, I'm Paul Meharry. We appreciate you guys for watching. And if you missed any of the show, Eddie's got his fake Chinese rings on his finger. Go on to his Etsy. Uh, his, his wife's selling them. It, it helps feed his family. Um, make sure to help out Eddie uh, feed his family. Go get those fake UGA championship rings. And uh, if you missed any of the show, it'll be on a podcast here in just a little bit. And go watch the reruns. Make sure you hit that like button on the video. It helps fellow dog fans find this. Because I know you guys have a tremendous time in here with us uh having fun so let them have fun too we'll talk to you next sunday uh coaches draft next sunday 7 30 see you there